0: Welcome back to the Broadway block. Today's episode, we're going to speculate on the laffy contract. Is it getting done, Steve?
1: Yeah, I mean, it has to happen before we go on vacation, honestly. It, it, I mean, we're, you don't want to drag this out longer than it has to. I feel like it's insulting for like all parties involved. Because at this point, basically all of our needs are assured up. It's not like we have this money that we're trying to spend elsewhere. I felt like after free agency, we really took advantage of what little money we had. We got some depth. In defense, fourth line players, we got a backup goalie, and the really only glaring thing left to do after signing Miller is to sign Laugh. So, you know, anything further past this kind of makes me think that there's something going on. But you know, what do you think about the contract?
0: I said it last week's episode, but like for all the listeners out there, Steve and I are going on like a little vacation. He's going to you mind if I say Steve?
1: No, go for it. Yeah.
0: He's going to the Outer Banks. I'm leaving the country. So we we need this Laffy deal done because, you know, first off, I don't think they're going to have it on Italian television that <laughs> Alexi Lafreniere signed with the New York Rangers like that's I, And I don't know if I'm going to be paying ten dollars a day for international plan. And if I come back after that 10 days and he isn't signed, then I'm just going to think like, you know, he's on the trade block. Right. And we just haven't gotten the right offer.
1: Well, I mean, there's sure there certainly shouldn't be a shortage of teams that would be willing to take a flyer out on a guy that was a former first overall pick. I feel like we as Rangers fans have watched him had his have his moments, but there certainly seems to be a little bit left to be desired if if we're going to be honest as far as especially last season because we've talked about this before, but the trajectory from his initial point scoring, I'm, like, constantly reminded of, like, Steven Stamko scoring, I think it was nine goals his rookie season. It's not like you instantly come into the league, every single player, and become this, like, lethal offensive threat. But I think we've seen enough flashes from Laffey to warrant that he could be a late bloomer, and and there's still certainly more left to his game to show. But for me, if you're an outsider looking in, if in my opinion, you look at this guy that hasn't really quite lived up to the expectations of the organization, you know, It depends on what you're willing to give up, but I certainly think that there's got to be a lot of GMs that are looking at this situation and thinking maybe he would be available for a second rounder or something like that. Because if you're looking at the same situation for like Bucinavich, for example, nobody thought before that trade went down that if you offered Blay in a second rounder, that they'd be willing to actually get rid of Bucnevich. But you don't know until you ask, right? So, you know, if whether it be the Canadians or, you know, a team that's on the up like them that are trying to take on cost-controlled contracts i mean it would make sense honestly but i've read somewhere today that you know someone should offer sheet them i think it was the sharks they were talking about it's like i hope not like what's the compensation like for a guy that (laughs) you know what i
0: mean where yeah where would we even go from there like it's like and where would do this is it just the david quinn connection
1: i I mean the sharks are one of those teams i would say that there's probably 10 teams that you can count on that are going to make a push for the playoffs they are going to try to add as best they can but you know they know what they are there's probably another 10 teams that are like in the bottom and they know that they're in the bottom and that they're rebuilding you know coyotes however you want to call it but there's another eight to ten teams in the middle that they don't know what they are and i would put the sharks as as one of them it's like they're thinking about offloading guys like carlson but it's like if you do that it's your it's your mvp it's your most valuable
0: piece like it's rebuild time, then, if you yeah, unload Carlson, right? It like, has to be. That's the
1: that's the shot heard around the world, and it's like when you when you do that, you're making it pretty obvious what your intentions are. And then you have teams like the Senators, for example, that just added Tarasenko for one year, five million. And you know, you look at that signing has some spookiness to it, with some Rangers correlations, and we'll get there. But I would say that the Senators are a team that. Again, it's pretty clear. There,
0: like, yeah, they're definitely another middle dweller because it's like obviously things didn't work out with Dubrincik, but like I thought after the whole Dubrincik thing, like and you know like Claude DeRue's getting pretty old up there, that like it was like sell time, and th- that was the last place I would saw Tarasenko signing.
1: Well, I think for them, it's it's a pretty win win contract because it's like you you get a guy that's obviously sought out out you know at the deadline a lot of teams were apparently in on Tarasenko and he only wanted to come here and you got a guy in Tarasenko that's clearly still able to contribute so it's pretty low risk and five million is pretty agreeable I would say but I think the Rangers correlation but what does
0: it give uh, Tarasenko that's where I'm like does it like the only thing I've come to the realization is like I think some of these people like you know someone from Russia might feel more comfortable in another country like Canada you know
1: well, maybe, but I would I would assume that four years, because what we're told is that, you know, there were four-year deals on the table for, you know, a, a number of teams. The Canes, I think, were the maybe the most eye-opening of, like, really, you didn't want to go play for the Canes? Like, one of the perennial contenders at this point, probably one of the only teams that you can guarantee are going to be a top-five team, let's say, this, this season. I thought that was kind of eye-opening, because it's like, he fired his agent, don't forget. So obviously he he was something so happened
0: yeah, something happened that we don't really know what happened right
1: and and a, and whether that be because obviously the managers and agents or whatever they're entitled to a slice of whatever he signs for so it's you know it's in your agent's interest just like it is a real estate agent they want you to buy a really expensive house right like they they might understand your the realm of what's happening they might understand how much people are willing to offer and et cetera, but at the end of the day, they're getting paid for their job and you would imagine that the agent wasn't all about like, you know, a Rangers reunion for $2 million a season. That probably didn't strike him as a fun time. I think a one year deal at $5 million, I'm not going to do the math here, but I would assume that he's due what? $1.5, I think, by the trade deadline. So if you look at it from that perspective, that there's no years attached to this deal, he could basically pull a Tyler Mott and be signed by the Senators. Basically, to be destined to be traded to the Rangers come trade deadline time, which I would—I think—I sound like a little bit of a conspiracy theorist when I say that out loud. But it's like all the writings on.
0: If, the if you don't edit some UFOs around you, like <laughs> saying that, like or something funny like that, then you're fine.
1: That's you know, if this, then that. I would I would assume that that's the that's the next move. It, it makes sense to me that you know I wanted to go here. We didn't have five million dollars. We do want him on the team. He wants to be on the team. I mean, it's kind of a win-win because then if you're the Senators, you're under no obligation to trade the trade him to the Rangers. Absolutely, you're also under no obligation to trade him. Period. I mean, if the Senators come out and they're like in a playoff spot, come come deadline time, which I don't imagine that they would be, but everybody last year took them as like one of the most improved teams. So you know, maybe I, maybe I almost
0: went back to my notes, but I think I, I think I was too high on them. So I didn't even want to like bring that up.
1: You know, I think we, I think we all were just based on the pieces that they were able to add. And then you look at Brady to Chuck is like, and obviously we maybe have a little bit of a focus on it because of the perform, the recent performances from Matthew to Chuck. But I mean, don't forget Brady is like one of the most entertaining players to watch, Tim Stutzla has, you know, incredible future ahead of them. And they they also have this weird combination of, like, a young team with homegrown talent, you know, but then they also have guys that they've brought in to kind of seal the deal a little bit.
0: Uh, Ryan Reynolds was, like, in talks about he wanted to buy the Senators, but did they actually end up selling the team to anybody? Or Because that's also, like, you know, knowing that if they're, like, trying to sell the team because... Still, I feel like, you know, when did Ottawa come into the league?
1: So the Ottawa expansion draft happened June 18th, 1992. And allegedly only 90% of the Senators are for sale, while ownership will retain 10% of that reported asking price of $950 million for 90% of the Senators.
0: I just wish Snoop Dogg or Ryan Reynolds bought it. That would have been way cooler.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, like, Snoop's super entertaining to watch, like, on the mic and listening to him talk about hockey
0: and Ryan Reynolds is like pretty pretty funny guy himself so like imagine if they paired I think they were on different like everybody when you're buying one of these big sports franchises like you got to get on a team like when Jeter wanted to buy the Marlins you got to get other billionaires and people involved so I think they were on actually rival teams so that would have been funny too to watch them like squirm over it
1: it's funny to think about what a, a marketing tandem the two of them could be like even just from like if the- they
0: combined and was like on the same yeah, ownership yeah. group
1: the two of them are like captivating enough individually that i think together would be pretty funny but also you know out of that 950 million it's like talked about buying a house a second ago but if you're buying a house you don't need that 950 million up front you you buy it for I don't know what they would need what what do you think a down payment is a hundred on
0: you still need like a hundred and twenty five yeah, yeah you need yeah you need hundred and fifty million easily. right right
1: but it's not it's not as if you need some billionaire to come up like in cash like here's here's all of the money right now
0: like, one million dollars if you think
1: about that middle ten that we talked about it's it's hard to come up with I think all up on the spot but Like, where would you put a team like Buffalo? I mean, we saw them have some success. They beat us. Well, I think Buffalo
0: is on the rise. Like, you know, like I think I think I said it when we talked about Patty Kane, I think he'll be probably signing with them eventually. I think they got a good team there. Dylan Cousins, the goalie is what's the goalie's name?
1: Devin Levi.
0: Levi. remember what was his first night that he played us?
1: Oh dude, he kept doing that weird thing. Remember,
0: he kept doing that weird thing, but he was a stud. He we almost lost. I was at I was at that game. So I was at the game that they
1: actually did lose. And that was maybe his second game. That,
0: that was, was at MSG, but the one that yeah. I I think he started at Buffalo.
1: Yeah, yeah. The snow shovelers didn't know what to do. Like the guys that come out and skate and like shovel the ice. Like they were like kind of like all staring at him, like, what's this kid doing? But whatever man i mean like we've seen i think goalie specifically we've seen some characters have their own little like warm-up strategy and it it almost reminded me of like after watching the ufc fights this weekend like it almost reminded me of like that anderson silva like squatting down like before a fight scorpion thing he would do what are you what are you doing just like it creeps the opponent out like whatever i mean people will figure this kid out eventually but he's pretty good and you know I would say that their forward group is really entertaining to watch. It's it's hard to think that Tage Thompson can replicate what a crazy
0: I think he can. Has, I, think I think, think he's only can. getting better. That's,
1: right. Like that's the now I keep saying that about like guys like Hughes, but it's like in reality it wasn't really that unsustainable because it it happened throughout the entire season and like specifically Tage he had a season before that that kind of led right into this. So, I mean, sky's the limit if those guys continue to have the production that they do and it's got to be a lot for a group like buffalo to move on from a guy like eichel and you know the trade really was good for both teams that and the o'reilly deal and you end up being a much better team because of it because you were able to shed these guys that you know ultimately weren't going to stick around but you know i think that the sabers are going to be Towards the top end of that that middle ten that we talked about, that you know, I can see them being in a spot where you have to be on the up because the fans can't tolerate another five. Well, he,
0: five. let's 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 do a hypothetical Nightmare Rangers scenario. We open up on the road in Buffalo. Buffalo comes out, spanks us three nothing. Wouldn't you be if you were a Buffalo fan? Like this is the year.
1: Well, yeah, it would be exactly like.
0: And and like it would be the perfect opportunity to strike on the Rangers. We're down, like after a hard playoff loss. Like you know,
1: you would imagine that the stain of last year is mostly on us, the fans. I would imagine that the players have had a lovely offseason to forget about it, and to I mean, that's what separates them from us, other than physical and you know, otherworldly skill it's the mental fortitude to just kind of rebound and be like, okay, like now it's time to go to work because I think this group, as much as anybody in the league understands that this is a completely new chapter, the same way, the same way that the playoffs are. Once you're, once you're in the playoffs, this is basically like season number two. So I think you get a fresh slate and the name of the game for us, just has to be stay healthy. Cause I mean, you look at some of the, the weird Line juxtapositions that could happen if, if like one person gets injured, and I don't even want to say any names, but you know,
0: well, the think about we're... it, we really didn't have too many injuries last year right. until that Lingren thing, and that really just kind of like really sent us awry for those like what was it, 12 games he was gone?
1: Yeah, it was, it was just, I remember everybody losing their minds about the long term IR thing because it was like it was just enough where we maybe we should have, especially considering all the the gymnastics, hit, yeah, to keep, to keep, uh. money right for Patrick Kane but yeah it's weird because anything that happens in like the top nine basically or or like god forbid any defenseman is going to be a huge impact to the team and maybe we take for granted the fact that the Capitals aren't on the downswing it's just that they were incredibly unlucky with with long-term injuries to all of their top guys it wasn't even supporting cast guys it was like every household name on the Capitals last year was injured for a sustained period of time. So if you think about how lucky we got from that perspective, nobody was really hurt for, I mean, even the, the Lindgren injury that we're talking about, it's like 12, 15 games. Like,
0: that's what I'm saying. Like, we're, we're, I don't want to say we're due, but you know what we were saying? Like it could happen.
1: Yeah. And there's, there's some players on that list that if they went down, like this team is just not. And that's, I think that's what's so weird about being a fan of the Rangers right now. It's like, yeah. Are they capable of winning at all? Like, I think 100%. Like, you can't really, it's not really a good argument against, like, anybody on the team except for intangible stuff. Like, if you want to talk about teams that have the best goalie or a conversation for the best goalie, you know, top five or whatever, conversation for the best defenseman in the league, top five, easily. But you can do that for basically every position, like, top line, left wing, like. There's not another Panarin in this league. Out of the top five scorers, he's in the last five seasons. He's the only one that's a left
0: wing Would you center. count Mika as a top five center? I don't know if I put Mika top. I don't five think I there. could. I think I. I think he rounds out the top ten.
1: You know how? You know how in NHL they they give you like chem- they, they give you your score, but then they give you like a bonus for chemistry. It's like Mika's that he's like a 88 ni- like an eighty-eight, ninety overall, but then he gets like a plus five boost because he's on the line with. Panarin or Kreider or or you name it like he Mika makes like everyone around him better but I don't I don't quite have him like top five
0: of the league for centers but do you have him in the top 10 then and the top 10 10?
1: is is probably a given you know I'm trying to think off the top of my head of of how many people I can think of that are, are better than Mika it's not a it's not a very long list point per game centers I mean that's hard to come by and I think we're we're just – we take for granted how
0: – Oh, yeah. This is New York. We take for granted everything.
1: You know, who who has more upside going into this season than a guy like Lafreniere and Kako having a new coach that wants to give you this ice time, and obviously everything's not going to be a given. Everything's got to be earned. But um, guys like that, when complimenting a roster that's already pretty pretty good and, and Trouba gets so much hate, but, I mean – Is there more of, like, a game-impacting player when he's doing what he does? Even on the team? He's a leader. He's a
0: leader. Like, you pay for the leadership qualities, which, like, I just don't understand when we see it on the Twitter world. Like, you know, obviously, if he was playing hurt, which that's what people were saying last year, then, yeah, someone needs to come in there. Jim Ramsey needed to come in there and be like, you got to stop.
1: Do you think that that's why he's no longer with the Rangers, Jim Ramsey?
0: Yeah, maybe he was too much of a players like players trainer, meaning like, nah, I'm fine, I don't need that. Like, you know, when you become too into your work and that you're not keeping your work separate from friendships and relationships, sometimes that because I, that was actually shocking. That I right, you thought that too. That oh yeah, hundred
1: percent. Because another thing that my my dad actually brought up the other day is that. Someone leaked the conversation from the locker room between Gerard Gallant, the Drury thing. Someone someone leaked that to the media. And I remember he was like going down the list of like, well, who's in the locker room to hear that? The trainer? Like, I guess I, I, see,
0: I see the aliens again. They're popping up around. I, around I
1: don't here. want to be that, that guy that like <laughs> is, is constantly stirring the, the, the conspiracy pot. but it's like was, was Ramsey the guy that like Leaked all this this bad blood that was, kind of creating a, a, a shit vibe within the locker room because, I mean, he was with them for so long. Like you yeah, said, yeah. But and and if
0: you're something. seeing, it here's the thing: if you're that into your team and like that, and you're seeing such a shit vibe, and you're like, everyone's always like, what's going on? Why is this not working? And you're like, I know why. Like I gotta let right, the people know,
1: right? And and part of me thinks like, you know, and I again, love Vince, love all these guys to death, but. They'll pounce on any information that you give them. And it's like, that's the job of the media. That's their job. Right. That's that's the job of the media. And they directly benefit off of becoming friends with guys within the industry. And there's quote unquote sources or whatever. But it's like, there was a very limited list of people in that room that knew what was happening. And I think that one way or another, Ramsey worked himself out of the conversation, whether that be, you know, like you said, or something more nefarious than that and that and that stinks because like you said i would have never saw that coming like i
0: didn't see that i was like wow we are like kind of doing a real full cleaning house i guess
1: and after that you know the internet's like who's next benny allaire like (laughs) because if ramsey because everybody kind of thought he was like kind of untouchable so it's like if he's gonna go like i i guess no one's job is really safe and like that's also i think important too it happens just happened in my job like, well any
0: anybody until uh, if anybody becomes comfortable in a setting yeah. that's when it's like you need to change the scenery you need something to spice it up
1: the business model essentially only operates correctly if people are cycled out of their out of their job I mean, we said it when galant got hired that i mean is this just a stop gap until we get the real coach and like man i would love to take the time to are think- we at the real coach but 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 I've called it 2 years ago. I was like we're going to get someone like Laviolette and you're like We you're knew with we knew
0: with Quinn. First it started with Quinn and right. then we we're like, well, no, he's going to be gone. And then Gallant came and we were like, ah, oh, we're a little closer but he's going to be gone.
1: Right. And and it's just I think it's it's so meme like worthy with Gallant that he gets chased from all the teams that he's coached and that Do you think
0: he's getting another job? Oh, he has to. And it, for anyone who's followed this. Should we, is, start, should we start
1: the bet again? Joe was Joe a, a big proponent of Quinn is not going to see another NHL coaching job. And, and I felt like it wouldn't happen immediately. But I feel the same way with Gallant that we'll see someone be relieved of their duties midway through the season into early offseason next year where he'll be given. David
0: another- Quinn of the Sharks. Gallant goes there. <laughs> Well, I've been hanging out with Steve
1: too much with these conspiracy theories. It's a it's a carousel, but there's always constantly like two or three guys like waiting on the sidelines, like ready to step in. And when you get guys like Quinn that kind of like graduate, quote unquote, from being a college coach and are now like I think we're seeing this like
0: you think he would get a third opportunity. Let's say the Sharks are dog shit for the next two years. And then,
1: yeah, because because now you can at least blame it on like David Quinn was stepping into. The Rangers, and which I Rebuild. think had a completely different team standpoint than the Sharks. So like he gets to kind of hide behind a little bit of the we were rebuilding, and then he saw them have like a modicum of success. And then it's like, okay, well, you didn't you weren't the reason why they were garbage. And then comes into the sharks, and anything is going to be above expectation because I don't think anybody expects them to be a good team this this next season. But it's it's hard because it depends on.
0: He looks like another place marker for them, right? Like sure. But but for some reason,
1: there seems to be at least a market for that within NHL head coaching. That you you get a guy that you know for a fact isn't isn't the guy.
0: What about Martin St. Louis? Do you think he is a place marker for the Habs, or do you think he's like invested as part of that rebuild?
1: I think that he was so instrumental early to setting the right culture. And a lot of those videos came out about like Cole Caulfield specifically, because they're, you know, you can draw a lot of comparisons from when when Marty was at the top of his game and doing things as an undersized player to the ways that Cole Caulfield has learned to, you know, become a threat without the puck. And there's so much that went into I think that decision. But their relationship specifically, and I'm sure that stems out too, but this is the one that was magnified, obviously. I'm sure that stems out to the rest of the team, but Marty, like you, listen to his interviews, man. Like that would that'd be somebody that I would absolutely love to. I
0: know, I hear him speak, and I'm like, like, how could you not love that guy? And and for such a
1: like an unsung big game player, I mean, like Marty had a an absolutely fantastic career. So like the room has to like kind of be on pins and needles when he walks in. Like there there has to be this adoration that if we have that as fans, like I I understand that it's different, but Sorry, I just looked up David Quinn's contract. He signed for two and two and a half mil. I mean, his record with the Rangers was a losing record. If you, if you look, if you're going
0: to talk like and what, to, and then he's going to have a losing record with the Sharks, and then he's going to get a third try.
1: Yeah, I mean, 96 wins, 87, and then 25 in, in overtime or the shootout. So I mean, it's safe to say that his extracurricular, like USA Men's stuff like that, like that definitely helped him get a new opportunity because it's it's not like you're looking at the his time with the Rangers as like an overwhelmingly successful period. But yeah, it's tough, man. I I don't think that he's in a position where he's firmly ensconced in that like coaching carousel, but clearly like two teams are willing to give him a a flyer. So
0: maybe the Flyers are gonna willing to give him a third flyer.
1: Nah I
0: I I still think that
1: they're the Flyers specifically, like they're in such a better shape. Think
0: about how much, Cutting in all that dead weight and everything.
1: Think about how much they've done just in the like, just since basically Breyer came on and Keith Jones, you know. And they've successfully gotten rid of two of, from what I can tell, are some of the most toxic players in the league, being Ivan Provorov and Tony D'Angelo. The room itself has to be lighter. They also get rid of Hayes, who was not on the greatest contract. And th- good riddance, like, thank God we got rid of Hayes when we did. I, mean, I
0: remember I was never he was I was wrong about JT Miller, but it wasn't until after the Rangers I can say that. But Kevin Hayes, I was completely like correct on. Like he was just and, overrated.
1: And for those of you listening, Joe's only saying that because I own a Kevin Hayes and a oh no, <laughs> no, no,
0: not because of that. But those were those types of players that I just saw. And I'm like, Yeah. Well, Hayes, so, I mean, if
1: you look at the return for Hayes, which essentially you have to remove the whole Truba thing from it, in my opinion, you got to think, like, we got rid of Hayes and got back a first-round pick when he was coming off of one of the best seasons he's ever going to have in the National Hockey League, which, like, it's not, it's not very often that you sell a guy right at, the, like, the peak of their production and then things kind of go awry. But, you know, if you look at how well we did in some of those returns, It stinks a little bit in hindsight that some of those guys are Brett Howden's that didn't do anything for us and then move on and win a cup. But I mean, we really did capitalize on getting the most for Hayes and then the Flyers handed big money. And then Look
0: where they're at now. That's why big money, scary money, you know? It's like, it's maybe what's going on with the last situation, you know? It's got to be like the terms of the bridge deal, right? Like almost, it would be like only like two years, right?
1: I think that's fair. I think that that's comparable, you know, to Caco. And, you know, Lafreniere might truthfully believe, I mean, he might be worth more after a breakout season that he also believes that he's capable of doing. So- it should tell you a lot about the player themselves, that they're willing to bet on themselves. Lafreniere, come three years from now, should be making much more money than he's making right now. Kako signed a contract, a two-year deal for 2.1 mil. And that could also be the discrepancy right now, is that like 2.1 mil probably ain't happening. You know what I mean? It might be more like two years at 1.7 or something like that. And that also might, he might be adamant of like, one year at 1.7 because i'll be doing more than that you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. it's a weird situation but as always steve enjoy your you enjoy home. your
0: vacation let's hope this laugh deal happens in the next couple, couple yeah
1: i mean, uh let's see we got another week after and then we'll both go on a break for two weeks or so i always get to this part of the year and i'm like god i want hockey to be back i mean like my local rink just opened today it was their first day it was like Dude, I just want to get back out there. I know the. Okay, my my other
0: misery starts with the Jets start Thursday. They got a preseason game first NFL preseason game of the year.
1: That's another one of those like annual signifiers of like, okay, we're getting close, but we're getting close, close. boys. Still really far away. But anyway, brother, let's go Rangers. Let's go Rangers.
0: Thanks, Steve.